0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, welcome to Two Guys and a Mic. I'm Jason, and I'm Dan, and um, we are happy to have Past- Pastor
1: Tom, Pastor Thomas Corshane from Eve- Evening Light Fellowship of Sweetwater, Tennessee. How are you doing, Pastor? I'm doing real good, thank you. And how are you? We're doing great. We're doing excellent. So uh, um, now you're a non-denominational uh, um, church, am I correct? That's correct. And um, um, one of the first questions I want to ask you real quick is, uh, being a non-denominational church, what are the differences uh, maybe in your belief system or your uh, doctrines uh, compared to, like, let's say, a Catholic church
2: or a Lutheran church? Well, basically, a non-denominational church is sovereign within itself we don't have any headquarters except for heaven and we do not have a place where we send money to headquarters you know all the church is sovereign within itself its doctrines are their own you know from the bible and uh we do have elders in sister churches that we also uh, are in fellowship with you know and they come and preach but uh the church is its own self it's not part of a of a system or a not part of a larger corporation it's just sovereign and that's what non-denominational truly is
0: so it's kind of like a franchise basically it's just within
2: within itself uh, just it's a single it's just a single church there is no other church that we answer to or that we are a part of
0: okay what uh, about what about the authority figures uh, you have elders correct in the church. We have
2: elders within the church, you know, and the pastor is the head elder of the church. We have other visiting ministers and some of them are elders and have a say so as far as they can bring us to the Bible and say, But the Bible says, you know, and we believe that the Bible is our absolute I guess it would be our headquarters and all correction can come from the Bible.
1: Okay. Uh Pastor Tom, now um uh earlier in your life were you ever a member of maybe a different church
2: group? Or? Yes, I was yeah, I was actually born in O'Connell Falls, Wisconsin, and I was raised a Roman Catholic. I still remember being a altar boy and and serving the church in O'Connell Falls and uh, so I was raised Roman Catholic and then quite a bit later on in my life when I went to college and began to really experience a lot more Sin and a lot more things. After leaving home, I, I ended up in a little Pentecostal church for about a year and a half.
1: Okay. Um, now oh. you you had said you have, you had gone to school. You um, was it a pastoral school? I went or? to
2: the university. Nope, I went to University of Wisconsin Green Bay College, and uh, I was studying for clinical psychology and business management, but God had other plans.
1: So how did you end up in Tennessee?
2: Well, that's a long story, but I'll try to make it short. Every I was helping a church in Manitowoc, Wisconsin as a assistant to the pastor and every day I would run and when I'd run I'd pray and one day the spirit of the Lord came down while I was running and I said, "Lord, what would you have?" and something seemed to come into me that I would become a pastor and I said, "Lord, I would be happy to do it. You just have to make it simple. So I got home. I told my wife, Doria, I says, honey, we're moving. She says, where? I says, I have no idea. I says, I <laughs> said, but I believe I'll be a pastor. And uh, we're going to move. And that evening the phone rang and someone we hadn't talked to in about five or six years from uh, Mars Hill, Arkansas, heard from someone in Elkton, Kentucky, who heard from someone in Johnson City, Tennessee, that the little pastor in Sweetwater Tennessee had passed away. So of course we uh, so of course we got a map out to figure out what Sweetwater Tennessee was and <laughs> you know we didn't didn't know a soul but 8 months later I was voted in as pastor of the church in Sweetwater Tennessee.
0: Oh nice.
2: Now before we <laughs> move before
0: we move yeah. on before we move on I just want to give everybody I just want to let everybody know that this is a call-in show. We're going to be talking with Pastor Thomas for uh, about 30 minutes. And then uh, we're going to open up to, uh, to questions, if people have any questions for the pastor. It's 720 uh, 835 and just type in the PIN number 05800, and we'll get you on. Um, no slanderous or demeaning comments. If there's any, we will hang up on you. I'm not afraid of doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, he hangs up on me even when I just call him my friend. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> we want to keep this civil. We want to keep a civil conversation. This uh, Pastor Tom here has uh, graciously uh, donated his time to be on here, and we appreciate him for that. Um, I just want to ask one thing, Pastor Thomas. Um, what makes, because uh, I, I grew up Southern Baptist, okay? Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, yes. pe- the People's Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, Lester Roloff? No, I'm not. No? I've heard of Lester Roloff, sure. Yes, I, was, yes. I, I went to his church. Um, but, um, I just want to know what, what makes, uh, non-denominational churches, um, what makes them, what, let's see, what's, what's their, uh, as far as their doctrine, what makes their doctrines true as opposed to, let's say, the Baptists or the Methodists or the Lutherans?
2: Well, we believe that God can use any church. I believe I gained a lot from the Catholic church seen a lot of great Baptist ministers do a lot of great things for people we believe that God is not restricted to any one building or any church uh-huh. I believe when you are non-denominational though you have more of a freedom to express the revelations that you see straight from the Bible without offending church doctrine and many churches have a set of rules or doctrine that they go by and the unfortunate part of some denominations is that if a member sees something in the Bible that the church doesn't teach, they're not allowed to bring it forth because it would go against their denomination. We're a non-denominational church. Anything from the Word is received. What what uh, version of the Bible do you use? you use the King James? I use the King James version. I believe that any version of the Bible can be used, but the King James was the earliest. I believe it's the it's the closest to the truth, and but once again, any Bible version can be used, and salvation can be found in the pages of most any kind of Bible. But we use the King James version as. Oh, you do? Okay. And all our people do, yes. Okay.
1: Well, um, I just want to say to you, Pastor Thomas. Uh, remember, I told you this is uh, being broadcast worldwide. We have a. Uh, A gentleman, he goes by The Unreluctant from the UK that's on uh, listening to you right now. Um, So we want to do a shout-out to The Unreluctant. Um, Good guy. He (laughs) listens to our shows. Um, That's very good. Yeah, Pastor Thomas, uh, some of the questions I would like to ask you is, uh, um, you you kind of brought it out when you had uh, mentioned uh, – for a non-denominational church, that um, you, you're not held to the doctrines of any particular church, and I, I like that idea because I, I'm non-denominational also. Um, what uh, what what is the response? Have you had uh, from other religions as far as uh, your pastoring or?
2: Well, most of the churches in our area accept our church very well. They realize we're a Bible-based church, and we actually feel that they are partners in the gospel. You know, we do not believe that we are in competition with any other church or denomination, but that we're all part of a big army. Exactly. And, uh, yep. The
1: the army yeah, of Jesus. Our, yep.
2: Army of right. God. Our right. Our goal is to get someone closer to the life that is found in Christ Jesus.
1: Exactly. Um, Can you you give me an an example of uh, how you've watched God work in your life? Um, Maybe something as of
2: recent. Sure, sure. Well, being a pastor, we run across a whole lot of situations and people really go through a whole lot of things. Uh, God is always worked with with me in and showing me the word and showing me when people do certain actions there's always going to be a consequence and by the word being preached we've watched people avoid some of those consequences and uh, recently uh, recently I was going to a Walmart in Athens City Tennessee and you know had that little unction from the Holy Spirit to to, uh, put the keys of my van in my pocket, and I I just tossed my keys down on the floorboard and walked into the Walmart, and lo and behold, some guy stole our van, and, uh, you know, I still didn't recover the van at all, but that's how I see God, it's a small unctioning, and if I'd have just paid attention to that little, still small voice, I'd, I'd have my other van, and unfortunately, it's something we we gain by the things we suffer. Oftentimes, it's not always just a great miracle or a great blessing. Sometimes we gain by the things we suffer. We learn obedience. You, you said a yeah. you said a, a still small
0: voice is, you, and you said an unction. Um, can you actually hear the small voice, or is it just a, a feeling? Um, no, I can actually hear the
2: small voice. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, it, it was a week before that, I remember cleaning out the van, and I'd left some important things in the van, and that still small voice caused me to look at uh, my old ping pong paddles, which are very expensive, and I had my laptop computer, and something seemed to say you ought to bring them in the house, but I've, I have i didn't pay attention to that still small voice. You know, it just it's a thought that enters into the mind. Sometimes you'll hear actual words, sometimes you, you will get what to do just comes into your mind it's an awareness that god makes us privy to and i ignored it and i paid my i paid the price for that
1: well um something you you can uh, um, kind of hang your hat on is uh hopefully that van doesn't <laughs> get good gas mileage and a person wish they would have never stolen
2: <laughs>
1: well i would like well,
2: to well i'm sure
1: yeah go ahead pastor
2: I'm sure that, I'm sure that whoever got the van is going to change their life because I'm a son of God. I can get along without the van. Mm -hmm. And I forgive the person who took it, but I, I wish they hadn't because God often uh, brings discipline and brings correction to those that, that do wrong. And you know, and, and that's, that's what my heart's desire is, is for us to learn the ways of God. You know, and I just, I remember being about 27 years old and, and walking around, and I could have been that guy that could have took that van, walking without direction, without a real purpose in life. And I'm, I'm thankful for the mercy of God. I guess I still can't get over just finding Jesus. And I encourage anybody, if you don't know the Lord, and if if you're walking downtown and, and you see a shaggy old man in a mirror, you know, that's what I did one day. I looked at that fellow and I said, wow, that's a rough-looking guy. It happened to be me. But I encourage oh, wow. everybody to... To find out if this is the truth or not, you know, and that was about 30 years ago is the best decision I ever did make. Excellent. uh, You asked the question, you know, what, what, what is the, what does this non-denominational church believe? I guess, you know, I thought about that a million times and we realize in the world today there's about 600 different denominations. And like I said, I believe they all do good, but that means 600 different doctrines of truth. And each church, I believe, thinks that they're the one with the truth. And so we know the Bible says that God's not an author of confusion. You know, if he judges the world by the Catholic Church, then the Lutherans are probably lost. Now, if he <laughs> judges it by the Lutheran, if he, God judges the world by the Lutheran Church, well, then maybe the Mormons are lost. And if he judges it by the Mormon Church, then the Pentecostals might be lost. But what I've learned through, through what I'm into now is that God, God will judge the world by Jesus Christ by by the word of God. He will, will be absolute. That is the thing that all churches, by by the time they'll come to the knowledge that Jesus Christ is, He has the truth, and the Bible says, "Let every only the word of God be the truth." In that, so our, our does not have a membership, but we have members, but they come by. Uh, conviction of their heart that they're getting fed the word of God, right? And you know, early in my early in my life, you know, I had that lack of direction and had a lot of terrible things happen, and I can blame that. We teach that the, our worst enemy is the guy in the mirror. So you know, when I, when I look into the word of God, you actually begin to understand the characteristics of God. Right. And I began to find out that God was very merciful, and he was wanting me to do better
0: now you had, you had said yeah, that I, uh, there are, are a lot of den- denominations, different doctrines doesn 't that pretty much tell you that it 's man made and it is a, there is a lot of confusion out there with so many doctrines, so many beliefs, so many people saying that they have yes, the truth
2: I've, right, I believe it 's a mix of of the Word of God and and man's making yes and i believe unfortunately some churches create a jesus of their own making to fit what they want to do in life but we believe that the bible does not change and god's word doesn't change as times change and god will never change to match up with us we'll have to change our ways to match up with god's word
1: amen to that and uh,
2: i believe many people be Many people are becoming disenchanted with God, but it's really not God's fault because he's not the author of confusion. It's just the multitude of there. But you know, the Bible says, my sheep will hear my voice and another they will not hear. We believe that any child of God, even a sinner who has a hunger to hear the voice of God, in due time, in due season, God can speak to that heart and and we believe that if they can hear the Word of God, and the Word of God come into their heart, that's the original way. Exactly. You know, I was raised in a church, but I wasn't, I wasn't born again by a man. What I believe, no, I didn't get from man or man's teachings. I got from, from God's Holy Word, where God come into my heart, and the life that's in those pages of that book is alive in me.
1: Correct. Um, I, but, uh, the Unreluctant had a good point. Um, there, we have also a, a chat line connected to this and he uh had mentioned that some even take christ away totally from from their worship and uh obviously that if you're if you're into the truth of god's word you have to bring christ to the forefront
2: yes you know we see it in the media jesus christ is not very popular on television he's almost non-existent In uh, the courtrooms, they're trying to take anything to do with morality or God away. Even some of the big churches avoid being controversial or corrective, but a non-denominational church doesn't have to follow that. They're uh, given the opportunity to go straight to the Word and let the Word do the correcting.
0: Well, you have, I think, a lot of uh, uh, reasons why people are leaving the church, and either either joining another church or becoming an atheist or whatever. And I think, I, I have to say this, but a, a, there's a lot of, they, they see a lot of what's going on in the churches. You have uh, pastors, not, not, you know, from denominations like Baptists, uh, Catholics. Well, we all know about the Catholic thing. But the Baptists, you know, embezzling funds, committing crimes. And I think that kind of puts people sure. off sometimes. And tells them well if you know if they're men of god and they're doing this well you know it just kind of it kind of makes them stray away
2: hey uh before i right we believe yeah go ahead pastor we believe as paul says he says i don't have any confidence in the flesh and paul didn't try to lead people to himself but to the word and we believe that many ministries start out very godly but the people lift that ministry up too high and it caused the downfall of that ministry. And so we try to avoid that by lifting Jesus up high. Like John the Baptist, he said, I must decrease, but Christ must increase. Exactly.
1: Hey, I, I want to uh, give a quick shout out to your congregation, Evening Light Fellowship of Sweetwater, Tennessee. we got a lot of people listening right now online. Um, <clears throat> Just want to say hello and thank you for borrowing us your pastor for the for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, what we can start doing is, just to get people uh, ready for this, um, if you would like to ask the pastor a question, we want you to call 720-835-5330. You're going to use the PIN number 05800. We're going to open up the phone lines now and see if we get anything, uh, anybody who would like to na- ask a question to the pastor as we're talking to him. Um, just remember, be respectful. Um, please do not use any uh, unkind language or you will be hung up on. But that phone number, one more time, is 720 835 5330. And the PIN number is 05800.
0: And also, if you're going to call from the computer, just put in slash it's two guys and a mic, and you can get on that way.
1: Sure, would Pastor like to hear uh, from somebody from your uh, congregation, Evening Light Fellowship? Uh, it'd be really neat to have one of your members online. So uh, Pastor Thomas wh- where do you see your life in ten years from now? Pastor Tom?
0: We got you again.
2: Yeah. What, yes. we... Boy, I didn't know you guys could get mad and hang up on me. No, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. we uh may have been a problem with the internet probably, but we got it back. If if you don't if you can't hear us or anything, um just hang yeah, up just and just call hold right on. I mean, yeah. It, we had that problem. We had uh, okay. we had Doctor Ken Hoven
2: um, last week or the week before. I think it was last week. I think it was. Sure, last I was week. listening to your podcast of him. That was very good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So, um, Pastor Tom, if uh, we're we're gonna open up the phone lines right now to see if we can get some uh, some people to call in. Do you get that other screen you can put up? Yeah. Um, okay. So if we got anyone from the Evening Light Fellowship of Sweetwater, Tennessee uh, listening in, it would be we'd love to hear from you. The phone number is 720-835-5330. The pin number is 05800.
0: Well, like I said if you want to call on the computer, it's uberconference.com/its two guys and a mic. So um
1: Pastor Thomas, uh, uh, one of the questions I'd like to ask you is um, I know that, uh, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, they have the uh, um, uh, the bread and the wine. Um, boy, that, that escapes me, the words. bread um,
2: right, the communion.
1: Communion. They have communion only once a year. What is it like in a non-denominational church?
2: <laughs> in our particular church, we probably have it three, four times a year, and we use literal wine and bread. We believe that. Wine represents the blood of Jesus, and that uh, we don't use grape juice because grape juice gets uh, stale and soured over age, but wine just gets better and better, and that kind of types the life in Christ just gets better and better. That's a uh, good analogy. uh, Some churches churches have it more often, and we probably ought to have it more often. Uh, We also have uh, foot washing. You know, Jesus left three ordinances to his church. And that was uh, communion and uh, foot washing and baptism. Okay. You know, so we, we try to do all those.
1: And uh, you, for baptism, the, for your baptism, is it a, a full dunking or is it
2: just sprinkling water? Or? <laughs> right. It's it's complete immersion okay. in the name of the Lord. That's what the disciples did in the book of Acts. Uh, They fulfilled the scripture, and uh, we do believe in definite immersion, though, but uh, we see a lot of people in today's churches They go in dry sinners and come back out wet sinners. You know, the important part (laughs) is repentance. (laughs) It's a real repentance from sin. You know, then God can honor it, but we do believe that the only way is through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in baptism, you know, because the Bible says, do all things in name and in deed, In the name of Jesus Christ you know so we like to try to stick right with what the scripture says and what they actually did in the Bible because we we believe that in the end times and we know we're there because Israel's a nation we know we're there because things are just getting so immoral and just so violent and everyone hates that violence and they don't know what to do but we believe that God has an answer you know we believe that before he come the first time The people also were in great confusion and they had so many teachings out there, but God in his infinite planning had John the Baptist come on the scene to, to redirect the people back to the word of God as the truth and to get the old thinkers to look towards what was happening right in their very midst to see that scripture was being fulfilled and the prophecy of Isaiah where it says a virgin shall conceive and a son shall be given you know, and and we believe that, and back in those days, the Pharisees missed that, and we know for sure because they were a part to the crucifixion of Jesus, but John the Baptist called the people back to the truth to gather them so that when Jesus showed up on the scene, the people recognized Jesus as the Messiah, and uh, no, Pat, we believe that. In the. This... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, what's that? I was going to say. But we believe also that, In the end time, you know, we have the same scenario taking place with all these different denominations, all these different teachings, and I'm not saying that some of them don't have some great truths. But the problem is there's so many semi-truths and part-truths that the actual truth, which Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, becomes obscured with a whole bunch of teaching. So we believe this, that once again God would fulfill his word and send another prophetic utterance To the people to gather them back to the word again just like he's literally bringing the jews back to israel you know he's taking them from all different countries they're all going back to israel because that's their homeland our homeland is the word of god and unfortunately churches denominations have gotten so big and so powerful that they've actually become political and they've become social gathering places not saying each one is and there's many a minister who is frustrated with their very own denomination because they see the hearts of the people aren't being turned. And that's what thats what our little church cares about. That's perhaps why we're a little church. Right. <laughs> it's because we we believe that it's just the Word of God that can change someone. Now, you know, n- nobody's going to change outside of God's miracle of changing a heart. Now, now you said um, that uh, we're in the end
0: times, and you said there's wars and rumors of wars and immorality and stuff. Yes. But... If you pick your century and pick your war, I mean there's been there's been wars and rumors of wars for thousands of
2: years. For a long, long time. A long but time. the big distinction that we can actually the big distinction we can actually identify this time as the end time is Israel's a nation again. But from what I've and from When what Israel I, becomes a nation again. Right.
0: From what I've heard there's, uh, there's, uh, uh, Jews don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah.
2: Mm, Would
0: you hear That's that? That's right. The Bible right. says that. Okay. From the, they thought he was this day that they thought he was an impostor. Yes. They they don't think right. that they don't think some that some of the Jews did. They, right. They they don't think the Messiah has come yet. Okay. Correct. We got a, a caller from Knoxville, Tennessee. Go ahead, caller. If you have a question.
3: Yes, this is Anna. Uh, you're actually speaking with my dad.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: yes,
3: and... Um... You're not going to tell dad
0: to
1: go take the garbage out or anything, are you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he already did that. Oh. <laughs> um, I was actually calling because throughout my life, I have witnessed time and time again miraculous happenings around um my dad not because of my dad but because of his faith in jesus christ i have seen i mean he he gave you guys a very humble example about the thing that happened with our van but i was wondering if he would be willing to to tell one of the miraculous things that have happened i know my birth was very miraculous and many other things i mean we've had healings um there's been so many times we didn't even end up having to go to the doctor because Dad prayed for us, and um, major earaches went away, headaches were healed. Um, my sister got healed of spinal meningitis just because the family came together and prayed. Oh my! Uh, and it's been like that my whole life.
2: Um, so you know, I okay. I would go ahead. I would be happy, Dan or Jason, uh-huh. to give one testimony. Sure. Uh, you know, I I like to give the preeminence to the word, but I believe that the word will always have signs following. Uh, quite a few years ago, I guess 26 years ago, my wife was pregnant, and we had lost our firstborn son, and his name was Timothy James. But
1: uh, well, I'm sorry it to wasn't hear that. Long
2: afterwards, that my wife, my wife got pregnant again, and and uh, you know during the first pregnancy, I had two dreams, and then those dreams, the baby had died. So I, I do believe God warns us sometimes, you know. And sure enough, that baby died. But as time went to pass, my again, my wife got pregnant, and this time they were in and out of the doctors all the time, you know, with specialists and everybody, a special diet, everything. They didn't know why the first baby died, but, uh, you know, we were just a young little couple, just fresh into Christianity, really, just living for God, living clean. And I remember as the weeks went by, you know, my wife getting so sick, and, and uh, but the pregnancy was going real good. Well, uh, something really great happened, you know, and I'll just testify of what I am a witness to it finally come time to bring my wife to the hospital and they were going to induce the labor two weeks early because we had lost the other baby during that last two weeks. So they used Pitocin and it's a chemical, you know, that right. helps contractions come on. And And so we were just a young little couple and we had our Lamaze class and, and we were also happy. We had a couple of sisters from the church and some of the family and everybody had been praying and we'd been living so good. And, and so when we got to the hospital and they put her in the bed and, and uh, everything was going real good. They put a little monitor on the baby's heartbeat, and they, they put another monitor on my wife to measure the contractions and uh, i I sure appreciate my wife of all these years and uh, but we began to i be, I was thanking the Lord, and I was there you know, in the room, and I was looking at the little heartbeat and it's saying one hundred and fifty two, you know one fifty seven, one forty nine one fifty five and I was just so happy. you know, and everybody seemed to be happy, and then the contractions started to get heavier and heavier. And uh, as the contractions got heavier, again, like I said, I appreciate my wife, but I I looked over at the heart monitor, and it was saying 157, 152, 141, 113, 95, 80, and the heartbeat began to collapse, and I thought, oh, no, you know, I'm going to lose another child, and there's people rushing into the room, and it was getting very, very uh, intense. And I remember running out of the room and I went into a little empty room quick. I threw myself down on my face and pushed my nose into the carpet. I said, Oh God, oh God, please help. You know, I don't want to lose another baby. And so I went back into the room and there was two doctors in and nurses and they're working furiously. And I'm trying to see that heartbeat and, uh, and just, it, it, it just seemed, you know, I said, Oh God, please help. And I saw that heartbeat and it said 86. And then also it said 94 and 97. 101 and oh i was just so
1: happy. Amazing.
2: You know and there was quite a sign of relief and I I, I think God is so merciful. Well the contractions got heavier and you know it began to be time for uh, my wife to push you know and we weren't we were pretty young people back then (laughs) and so my wife pushed a couple of times so finally out comes a little head just filled with dark hair and absolute dark dark face and, and the cord was wrapped around the baby's face and neck like two times it was just a horrible scene and i looked and the baby was just just dead as could be and i, I said in my heart i said lord this baby's dead too you know cuz we lost our first baby and mm-hmm. and that voice spoke to me and it said you can trust them and immediately a nurse screamed out the baby's alive and so they they were trying to get this cord from around the baby's neck but it was so tied into the face of the baby and so I saw the doctor he tried to push the baby back in kind of uh, to the womb to get a little slack on the cord. he couldn't he tried pulling the baby out there was just nothing to do and you know I, I, I'm an observer of people and I looked at that doctor and he looked at me and I, I sensed fear just for a second he didn't know quite what to do and obviously the baby was in great great distress going and uh, and so I looked over at my wife and I I said honey for God and for the baby I said, "You got to push with all of your might," and so my wife put a big, deep breath in, and she pushed with all. And uh, I'm walking through the door at that time. Was something dressed in white, about six feet two, real strong shoulders. It walked by me, and it went when it walked by and I thought oh my and it walked by a nurse and she started screaming hysterically and and a I, I thought come to me whatever it is it kind of owns the air it's walking through and it walked right over past me around me right to that doctor either on the doctor around the doctor in the doctor I'm not sure that doctor somehow took took two instruments in one hand and, and he got he got something behind you know the neck of the the baby and he somehow clipped the uh, umbilical cord, and, and he pulled real hard, and I heard a snap. Well, that was the baby's collarbone breaking, but we were past looking good, you know. Right. And, and this this being was there, and while it was there, my wife froze like a statue, and I looked, and even the doctor checked her wrist to see if she was alive, you know, and later on she was going to tell me what that was, you know, but she had said that, well, that God was speaking to her, and he said, the pain you're feeling... It's going to be replaced by great joy you know wow that's that well Amazing. anyway I, I just looked and, and and all of a sudden out comes the baby and everybody's screaming and the doctor everybody's crying and this what presence kind of floated off through the window you know and I, I i i don't know who else saw it but i saw it and all i could say it was uh glory to god in the highest so i quickly grabbed my camera to take some pictures. And of course, I had the wrong kind of film. Well, there happened to be a nurse there with a Polaroid, and I said, "I need your camera." She just crying handed it to me. We took several pictures, <laughs> uh, beautiful pictures. And, and so God come upon the scene, and uh, everybody say, "What religion are you?" So we're, we're Christian. And all that could come out of my mouth was "Glory to God in the highest." Today, that girl is my Anna, and she's 26 years old. And gasped through the years, Amen. we've seen we've seen one miracle upon another miracle, and we've seen healings we've seen deliverances uh, i've seen great help i used to be a smoker i remember a, a man in a little church in manitowoc laying his hands on me he says oh sweet jesus deliver this my brother from cigarettes lord help him you know that's been 30 uh, some that's been about 30 years ago and i could say i'm not a smoker you know i could go on and on with the great miracles of god i guess i guess that's what i believe that jesus can do anything
0: why doesn't he heal? I believe that his word is why doesn't why, why doesn't he heal amputees?
2: Well, <laughs> that's a really good question. You know, and you I and that's why study of the Word of God, God's actual plan is was the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, there was no pain, there was no amputees, there was no sickness. But God didn't create robots. God created people with choices, free moral agents, we like to call it. Mm-hmm. And when man decided to disobey God. They got kicked out of the economy of God, and when sin come forth, it brought forth death. But it's never God's will for any child to get sick or any person to lose a limb. You know, and that's what the whole point of being born again is, so that we can be led back to a place where there is no sickness. But no, it was never God's will for amputees, never God's will for burn patients. That's all man's doing because of sin. Because God, like I said, did not create robots. Well, God created sons and daughters and gave them a choice.
0: Well, Anna, Anna, your your daughter had said something about uh, uh, somebody being cured of spinal meningitis. Is that correct, yeah, Anna? Yeah, that
2: was my other daughter, Sarah. Oh,
0: Sarah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, Anna it
1: was.
2: The right. one who brought Sarah it out. was cured of meningitis. Oh. Right, Anna brought. Right, it out.
0: right. Well, I, wanna, I was in Argent. Well, well, I was going to say, is if, if, if he cured spinal meningitis, why can't he? you know, if somebody let's say breaks their back and is paralyzed from the from the neck down or whatever why can't god heal that like i said before why can't he heal amputees? Oh, he... if he healed if he heals spinal meningitis and you know <sighs> he saved saved your baby when you know with the cord you know why can't he do this i mean if he's all powerful all knowing all wise
2: why can't he do it well he most certainly can and it's a great question It's people have their self-will. And a lot of times people, you know, that's like asking God, you know, don't let anything bad happen. But, you know, it's people's wills that speed down the road and get in a wreck. You know, it's people's wills that I've seen them with, with oxygen tanks still smoking cigarettes. You know, why can't God heal them? Well, why can't they quit cigarettes? Right. You know, but it is God's will to bring people back to having the word as their preeminence. And someday, when this is all over, We'll be back to that Eden again where there is no sickness. Well, you, but God didn't bring this. Man brought this. You, you, you brought up a perfect example. You said about a car
0: wreck. Well, let's say the person in the other car, let's say it's a drunk driver going and he hits somebody, an innocent bystander, and, and severely injures them to the point where, let's say, they're a vegetable. They're, they're just, their mind is gone. Brain damage why can't God heal I mean, that person was innocent he had nothing to do with the sin that that other person was doing why wasn't he he or she healed? you could lay hands on
2: him and, and, and that's pray true. Over him. that's that's true but you know we're all born in sin we 've all done wrong we've all failed God you know there is no there is no innocent person
1: mm mm-hmm. Uh let, let me ask but it you it is
2: god 's will uh-huh go ahead
1: um let me ask you a, a question. Um, you now, a lot of uh, a lot of people, different churches, they believe in uh, the Trinity. Uh, that's uh, God, Holy Spirit, God Himself, and and Jesus Christ. Do, does your church believe in the Trinity?
2: Well, we believe this: that God was above us in the pillar of fire, leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. God was with us in Christ Jesus walking the shores of the Jordan River to save us. And now God is in us to, to lead and guide us back to, uh, back to heaven. And we believe that uh, God was manifested in all sorts of manners, but we don't believe in three gods, that's for sure, and I don't believe in three personalities of one God. I believe it's the same God all the time, like John Wayne in a Cowboy Ninja movie, John Wayne in a war movie John Wayne and a race car movie you know the same God just different dispensations
1: well hey I I gotta do this uh pastor Jason (laughs) hates this when I do this but I always do a John Wayne so uh I guess this is the perfect (laughs) lead
2: John Wayne
1: yeah I like John Wayne so well let me tell you there pastor I believe you and I agree with (laughs) you see that was good that was good (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, can you uh, uh, tell me how somebody can get a hold of uh, Pastor Thomas Corshane and uh, the Evening Light Fellowship, maybe if they w- would like to give a donation or possibly uh, volunteer or, or get to know your church? How how can they do this? How can somebody get a hold of you? Well,
2: well I guess just go up on Facebook and look up the name Thomas Corshane and I'm willing at any time to anybody, you know, to talk about God. I just love God, and I love what he's done. And I can give you our phone number. It is 423-744-4594.
1: Why don't you say yeah, that phone number again?
2: 423 744
0: 4594 Okay, that's great. Um, We'll put everything in the description below. So,
1: is there a, that'd be real fine? Is there a certain ministry that you uh, um, work with that uh, you could use some help?
2: Well, we su- we support a missionary to India named Sanson Shetty, but my fervent hope is that wherever people are locally, whether it be the United Kingdom or Africa or the United States, that they'd find a little work or someone that needs something because. We believe this message that we are representations, we're ambassadors to a kingdom. And that sometimes the only Jesus people will see is, is a real Christian walking in, in shoe leather. You know, I'm not here to, to promote my church singularly. You know, if someone wants to come and fellowship with us, we're, we're more than overjoyed for that. But not at the expense of my neighbor's church. We believe every Christian ought to be pretty faithful to their home church. But we believe if someone is being led of God, you know, wherever God would lead them. But we encourage people, find a church that has the Bible as the absolute and not a bunch of rules written on the door. Or not a bunch of uh, dogmas and creeds that obviously man-made. You know, beware of an easy gospel. Beware when they only want people to prophesy smooth things. God is love, but love, truthfully, is corrective. You know, so give an offering of yourself. And help someone close to the Lord by defending God's word, by being good to your enemy, by, by giving of yourself in such a way that they want to know more of what you believe. You know, and we've seen a great cooling down of the church world, and I believe that God is wanting to put fire in the bosom of, of a select people. Ooh, and chilly. that's what we are about at Evening Light Fellowship Church is to reignite that hunger and thirst for God that only God's word can quench.
1: I got uh, I got a uh, a gentleman from Chile who is listening in. Uh, Ivan, Santa Benez.
0: We want to say hello to oh. him. Hmm. Um, Hi, Ivan. <laughs> uh, pastor, is 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 your church a five hundred one c three church? What is that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't have an
0: idea in my mind. 501 c I know that I pay taxes as a... 501c3 is not... Are we 501c3? Non, non, nonprofit.
2: Nonprofit. I, 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 I don't believe we are. I don't think we are. Uh, I, whatever the disciple Peter was, that's what we are.
1: There okay. you go. I've whatever been,
2: the church at Galatia had, that's what we have.
1: Um, Pastor Tom, uh, Ivan says to you, uh, me and my family have been uh, having fellowship with Brother Tom and his family for around five or more years, and it's been a blessing.
2: Do you know Ivan? <laughs> well, thank him for that. I've had Santa Benez from Chile. Santa Benez, I've had a yes. privilege to go out to to Chile three or four times, and there's some tremendous Christians in Chile. The <laughs> Word of God is their absolute. There's churches like our little church all over the world, and many, many people in the end time got tired of denominations and just simply took their Bible back out and sought what was God's end time promise. And we know that his promise before his first coming was that God was going to send John the Baptist to get the people back in line with the truth. We believe in the end time God also will send prophets. He will send prophetic utterances to get the people back to a love of the Bible and bringing the Bible back into the power and preeminence that it was always meant to be.
1: And that's the and thing, too. Whether it's in Chile. and Yep, that's, that's the thing, too, Pastor, is uh, um, too many uh, denominations are getting away from the Bible when we should be actually diving into it deeper.
2: So, Right, I think there's a, there's a social and political pressure against the ministry, or people threaten to leave the church if they're corrected or embarrassed or, or put under uh, conviction. But we believe that God's children don't live like that. God's children, if the word of God chops me in half, I would rather know the truth and, and repent than to be told I was just fine, but then not be prepared to meet God. No wonder why there's a lot of atheists.
3: <laughs> the Christians don't
2: hardly know where they stand. Uh, this, then I think true. some atheists know more where they stand than some professed Christians. And I believe that the only way we can know where we stand is to, is to get into the word of God, not just as a study project, but into our hearts where the word changes our actions. And show me a man who lives a sermon rather than a man who just talks a sermon, you know, and that's what the world needs.
1: Amen. That's to that. what will
2: explain the sorrows is when someone takes the Word of God and begins to lead people towards the tree of life. Because believe it or not, I used to get into a whole lot more trouble and injuries and, and sorrows and social sorrows before the Lord Jesus. Now, since coming to be a Christian, I've went through hard times, but God's always given me a relief of the pressure and given me a way a, out, truthfully, a honey in the rock. Right. Yes, always giving us a way out if, if we're willing to submit to the Word of God and there's many many other doctrines, I'd love to talk some other time, perhaps. But I will encourage people that the revelation of Jesus Christ is found in the Bible. Well, as far as other, and when you get to know Jesus, uh uh-huh, go ahead. When you get to know the Lord Jesus, He opens door after door after door of understanding. What was not known in times past, God begins to reveal by His Spirit, and there will be people that grow deeper into the revelation and the maturing of the word, that their very lives will look so close to the Lord that people will look at them and say, who are these people? And uh, by the grace of God, I, I'm just so proud of one thing in my life, that I chose Jesus Christ as my Savior. And and if anybody knows anything about me, I would want them just to know that there's a Christian. Now, um, funny you should say something about uh,
0: other doctrines, you'd be willing to talk about them. We actually have Bob, uh, Elder. Elder. Oh,
1: we got an Elder Bob Corshane, who's uh, going to be coming on the show uh, April 15th. He's a... Apostolic Pentecostal. Apostolic Pentecostal. And uh, we're going to figure out what that is. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, you, you gave us Turbul- a lot of hope there, uh, Pastor, because you had said there's... Um, Uh, roughly about 600 different religion denominations out there, that means we've got over 500 more shows to do. There we go.
0: (laughs) You know, like I said, this is is religion. Well, I
2: can say this about... Go ahead. Yeah, I can say this about Bob Kershane. I remember a day years and years and years ago when we would do everything wrong, but I'm a witness that one day Jesus Christ came into the heart of Bob Kershane and changed his life. And you will be very privileged to hear this man of God speak now. And he might wear the same old clothes and have the same old name, but he's not the same old Bob Cushain. So you'll really, really be happy. And,
1: well, we're, and, uh, we're also happy that, to like talk like with you. Said,
2: we're all part of I said, we're all part of a big army, and uh, there is a, a great need for people to become fervent and to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to be easily approached and not be so willing to fight about religion, but to live Christianity right. in front of others, and that's what we want to stress to the people, because time will come to an end. Our country is broke, there is more nuclear capabilities and technologies to destroy the earth than ever before, and this will come to an end. Our, our country's grown broke by the minute uh, the... The, the, the Muslim movement is is coming out of uh, the pits of hell and, and, and is is causing great harm, and this will not get better. The Bible says times will wax worse and worse.
0: Yeah, have you ever heard of uh, a, you ever heard of Pascal's wager, Pastor? Pascal's wager. Yes. No, sir, I have not. No, which it basically says uh, um, that uh, why not go ahead and. Uh, Except Jesus, because, you know, if, if he's not real, then you're just dead. If, if he is real, then you get to go to heaven. See, so either way you look at it. It's know, a, win, now, a winning situation. Right, but what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that what if, let's say, for instance, let's say the Muslims, like you were saying from the pit of hell, what if the Muslims had the true Christ? Or, let's say, the Buddhists. Then I would want
2: to be a Muslim. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'd want to be a Buddhist. (laughs) There you go.
1: Hey, uh, just want to bring this up one more time um, before we go on, Pastor. Anybody who has a question for uh, Pastor Thomas Corshane from uh, Sweetwater, Tennessee, the phone number is 720-835-5330. Our PIN number is 05800. Call in now because... uh, we we want to keep them online as long as we can. <laughs> um, actually, Pastor, um, this is the most people who have, have watched the show live so far right now. So uh, th- this is a great following. But once again, 720-835-5330. Use the PIN number 05800. If you have a question for the Pastor, um, come on and... Uh, We'll put you online, let you uh, talk to Pastor Tom, but once again, be respectful and do not use any kind of language that uh, will make us want to uh, hang up on you. So, Pastor Tom... Uh,
2: you know, I had a question for Jason.
1: Um, you, you got to wait one minute. He t- he I went had... did a bathroom run just now. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I I'll do... tell a
2: little story, and then I'll ask the question.
1: I'll tell you what. Uh, before you do that... Uh, the Unreluctant from the United Kingdom uh, texts in. He has a question for Pastor Tom. So uh, if you can, uh, uh, Unreluctant, if you can uh, text that in so we can ask Pastor Tom the question. See, we also have have a chat line also uh, for the show. So people can either call in or they can chat. Okay. Here's your question, uh Hey Pastor, God bless you in Christ. I do have two burning questions. I I have gotten rid of 99% of the old indoctrination on process as an ex-Jehovah's Witness. But there's one thing I am struggling with. Question number one, when was hell created? I don't see it within the creation process in Genesis 1. Nor do I see it Definitive point in the Hebrew or Greek text of when hell came into existence So there's your first
2: question when was hell created okay? I do not know I Do not know that's a great question. I know it was created. I don't believe hell is eternal Because if hell is eternal, you have to have eternal life to be there.
1: Okay. Uh, Here's question number two from the (laughs) Unreluctant from the United Kingdom. If hell was created at the same time of the creation of Adam or before, does this mean God had a plan B from the very inception of creation? Which would show that he knew... No. No? No. it would show that he knew preordained and thus it means the Calvinists are right. Doctrine of predestination, unfortunately. So no on well, that
2: That's a great question. Let's just let's just say this. If God was betting on a baseball game before the game ever started, he could tell you how many hits, how many errors, how many strikeouts, exactly what the score would be, and who would uh, hit the ball and who would miss the ball he wouldn't mess with who did what but he'd know everything before it began there's a reason he knew how large to make the uh, ark it's not god's will that any perish but did god foreknow that some would be lost yes and it's free will of people that causes that did god want people to be lost no god even went to cain and says cain If you'll just do as your brother, won't all be well? But did he know that Cain would not? Yes, of course he did. So, by God's foreknowledge, he knew just who would come to him and who would not.
0: Okay. Well, I I sure wish God would let me know the next lottery lottery uh, numbers for the next Powerball.
1: Yeah, I'm looking for that too. Great. (laughs) But you're atheist. I believe in God. Yeah, so yeah. I'll get them first, I, not you. Yeah,
2: I actually, yeah, I actually won the lottery. Oh, did you? Did you really? I got picked out to have eternal life, and uh, actually was given a a pension. Every every blessing that the Bible has is mine on a daily basis. There you go. <laughs> they can keep their money. I would rather have what I have.
1: Uh, yeah, I
2: because money money is going to be spent and then what do you have if a man gains the whole world but loses his own soul sure money is nice but if if a person doesn't have peace in their hearts truly they're a poor
0: person well there are there are people that there are people that are rich and at peace so you can have both it's
1: it's depending on the personality i guess uh the unreluctant has something for jason he says Jason, I would give you $5 at least.
0: (laughs) Someone was saying they had a question for me or something. Wow.
1: Yep, Yep. Pastor Tom, uh, you can go Uh, ahead with your question.
0: I was looking at the other computer. I wasn't in the bathroom. Oh, you weren't in the bathroom? Yes. Go ahead. Hey, Jason, there's a
2: a story of uh, this old fella and a couple young guys walking down the road. And the one guy was an atheist, and he was always getting on the young boy who was a young Christian, you know, that God wasn't real and, and uh-huh. that the young boy couldn't prove anything. He said, can you prove this? Can you prove that? Seeing a mm. Christian lives by faith. Now, I can't give you a gallon of the Holy Ghost, but we could show life. But anyway, you know, the young boy just didn't know what to answer. And uh, they happened to be walking, and there stood an apple tree with a bunch of apples in it. And... uh the young boy it kind of come to him, he said to the man, he said, well, sir, he says, you have your opinion, he says, and and, and you don't believe there is, is a God, and I believe that there is a God. He says, can you answer me this question? And the old man says, well, sure, son, I'll, I'll answer. What do you got? He says, the apple tree over there, full of apples. He says, are those apples sweet or are they sour? And the old man kind of gruffly, he says, well, how in the world would I know unless I taste one? And uh the young boy says, that's just what I thought. You know, and so uh there's a place you can go where you can find out whether there's a God or not. You know, that's what I had to do. Right. I had to find out if there truly was a God, you know, and God will answer. God will not leave someone with that question if they sincerely, earnestly desire that answer. And uh, so my question is, have you tasted the apple, you know, and I, it took me forever in my life to, but I encourage anybody, and atheists have every right to be atheists, and uh, unless God shows them something real, then they have a choice to make, you know, and, and that's what we encourage you or, or anybody to do. Right. Uh,
0: well, I'll tell you, Pastor, I have tasted the apple, and um, it was kind of a neutral taste. Uh, I, I Believe me, I, like I said, I grew up Southern Baptist, and i really tried i i i it just he wasn't speaking to me he just i i just you know like you said you have these feelings or you have these inner voices in your head i never had them and and i always felt that maybe there just wasn't there and of course you know you have the I, I there were pastors and 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 deacons and elders who were stealing from the church in the southern baptist church where i was from and um it sure, just you sure. get that actually you know what it wasn't a sweet taste it was more of a bad taste in my mouth and i think for me uh i would require evidence uh let's say uh if i was outside tonight of course this is wisconsin so it's probably going to be in the 20s but uh if i was to, if i was to go outside if i was to go outside on a clear night and uh i see this writing in the sky and it says i am here in Hebrew or Aramaic or whatever or Aramaic or whatever God talks to us, then maybe I would believe it i I'd have to have something some sort of evidence to to for me to believe. if God just all of a sudden showed up sure right in front of me and said jace i'm I'm real, you know he would know my name, he
2: would know who I am so you're saying yes, sure, so you're saying that you'll believe something if you can get some kind of evidence, correct okay. Did you ever hear the story, you know, right through the very room that you and uh, Dan and Jason that you guys are in is Cowboy and Indian movies, race car movies, astronaut movies, uh, singing, rap music, Christian music, rock and roll, right through the very room that you are in. But truthfully, Dan, or, or Jason, excuse me, you can't hear it. You can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't touch it but we happen to know because we can go turn a radio on or a television on and it will pick up the signal from those things I'm talking about so sometimes things that are real you don't get the evidence of unless you can get a receiver to, to make it manifest
1: <laughs> to make i love that make
2: manifest
1: i love will that take
2: some kind of faith and i believe you've got faith jason Because if you're good to anybody, why? If there's no God, then there's no reason to be good to someone. Something inside of a man or a woman causes them to want to live fairly, to live good. Even when I was a sinner, something caused me to do kind acts. Something caused me to to, to be righteous. Now that's, I, I couldn't give you one gram of it. I couldn't prove that to you for anything. But we all know out there in YouTube land, we all have a conscience. Where did that come from? We all have a sense of right and wrong. Where did that come from? Most of us are married and we love our mate. If there's no God, there's no reason to be uh, faithful. Most of us are faithful to a job or we're faithful to keeping a car going or, 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 or being part of a, a, a YouTube podcast worldwide. Uh, what brings that? Why is on the inside of a man even the question come up whether there's a God or not? Right. If there's no God at all, there would be no question. You know, the Bible says it's the deep calling unto the deep. And if the deep calls unto the deep, there have to be a deep to respond. You know, you can ask the question, is it wrong to steal from you, Jason? Sure it is, but where does morality come from? In the morning, what do we say? We say good morning. We do realize what that means, right? Right. That means God's blessings upon the morning, <laughs> or good night. You know, God bless the night. I'm gonna. You have, know, so uh, uh, I'm gonna have to think about that one, Pastor. You
0: kind of <laughs> kind of gave me a but, uh, yeah, something to think about. Yes, something to think about. We have a, another question here from Sarah Atkins. Okay. Uh, she, says, okay. she says, tell me where it is in the Bible for women to wear dresses, hair long, and no makeup.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me a little second. I believe we go over to the book of Corinthians. Just one second so I can quote it right. Okay. But well, that's a good question. But, you know, if if a person has long hair but they don't live for God, it wouldn't do them any good anyway. You know, but uh, we believe that. We believe in the Old Testament. Somebody find me Deuteronomy 22 and 5. In the Old Testament, the Bible talks about. It says, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so abomination unto the Lord thy God and this isn't a law this is just simply a statement of God's feeling about clothing as far as the hair the Bible says this "Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair it's a shame unto him but if a woman has long hair it's a glory to her for her hair is given her for a covering so the Bible says in Corinthians you know that it's good to have long hair for a girl because it's your covering It shows a subjection. It shows a discipline. Will there be women with short hair in heaven? I suppose there will, and there will be men with long hair. You know, but that is what God's word says. You know, and as far as clothing, it does say that even something that pertains to the other sex, if it's worn in the eyes of God, it's an abomination. Now, we know society's changed, but God doesn't change. But do these things alone save you or make you lost? No. But they are things that God's Word instructs us to do. And as we do these small things, God begins to open the door to greater things.
1: Um, let me ask you something, uh, Pastor. Um, so does your church uh, follow those, uh, those rules as far as uh, a woman is to have their hair long and wear dresses and no makeup? Or
2: Well, there is no rules like that in our church. We strictly go by convictions, Okay. We preach what the word of god says, and if the, if in the heart of someone that 's what they feel they ought to do, then that 's what they should do now obviously, the bible you know you can find it, where the Bible encourages women to dress with holiness you right. know and and i would I would think that first
1: peter probably three that means
2: about just what it says first Peter three
1: could it be about being modest and uh it's not the ex-
0: modest apparel, yeah. Yep. Yeah, um you also got another question there no just uh greetings from athens tennessee pastor tom we believe the same way it's omar santa benes hernandez well thank you omar hernandez i guess thank he's... you yep. omar so uh, um let me
1: ask you pastor um there's a lot of religions out there uh if you uh, don't follow a certain doctrine that they have, um, I'm, I'm just going to bring up uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses. I've, I was a Jehovah's Witness at one time, and uh, they have a lot of rules. And if you don't follow those rules, rules, you're banned, you're shunned. Um, do, does anything like that ever happen
2: in your your church? No.
1: Okay, no. I think if great. people
2: deny their own convictions, though, they die spiritually. But uh, as a church body, you know, Jesus said it this way. He says, the well need not a physician. He says, I come to heal the sick and the lame and the halt. You know, and if a person is having trouble with those things, with coming to a, a peace about what to wear or how to talk or what kind of job to have, you know, that is something that God can answer. But that would be the last people we'd want to not come to a church. Exactly.
1: Now we uh, we want to bring out the phone line again because we're we're kind of winding down a little bit. Seven two zero eight three five five three three zero. Pin number 05800. One more time. The phone number is seven two zero eight three five. 5330, pin number 05800. If you have a question for uh, Pastor Tom and you would like to be on the show, give us this call right now. Um, we, we don't have too much time left, but uh, we want to give everyone an opportunity. Please, please be respectable. That's
0: what we ask. Now, one thing I wanted to ask—I—I I see your daughter's not on anymore. But uh, is she—is she like part of the uh, youth group, or she—she's not a teenager anymore? Is she? No, she's twenty-six. She's twenty-six. Says.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> she's she's twenty-six, but she's part of the uh, congregation. Okay. Um, now coming you know, from—I wanted to stress this too, if I could. Yes. But, go ahead. That the world is filled with a lot of debate about religion. And, you know, the trouble is, like the Bible says, that the Greeks would gather together just to either say something new or hear something new. But, you know, the Greeks never did change their heart. So I believe that we need less less debate about the word and more just coming to a conclusion on the matter and, and changing lives. You know, it, it, God won't care how smart we are as far as uh, Bible trivia. He would rather us be like little children and just everything that God does reveal to us, we try to live.
1: Definitely, you know, definitely. I
2: don't believe that God will hold us accountable for something he hasn't revealed us to, but if we purposely avoid the word or avoid someone with a different uh, uh, scripture than we're used to hearing, well, that's where the trouble is, because all scripture is given by God. All scripture is for our comfort, for our correction, for our direction, uh, to make a, a son or a daughter of God into a more matured soldier, you know, so it's all good, even the stuff that's hard to live.
0: <clears throat> well, I was, was going to ask you, do you, uh, as far as your uh, praise and worship part of your uh, service, yeah, part of the service, do you, is it just a, because uh, I'm a musician, so I'm just wondering, uh, is, is it a piano or is it drums and bass and guitars? Do you have the whole, do you have the works?
1: Why are you coming down there to visit or something? No, the only thing we allow
2: is no. The, the only thing we allow is a rock and a stick. <laughs> no, That's good. We, we've got pianos. We've got organ. We've got guitars. We've got we've got some drums. There you go. We do go. believe that uh, Christian music Christian music will sound Christian. It will not be identical to what the world says with a couple uh, words of Jesus in it. It will, it will be holy. It will be something that angels want to gather around. It will be righteous. It will be, uh, lead people to a godly life, not make people feel, hey, this church is just like the world. I think I'm comfortable here. Then you're in the wrong church. Right, right. Hey, uh, the music is so worldly but claims to be Christian, run, run for everything in you because you're in a hall of devils. That, if the gospel being preached has no correction and always just telling you how good you are, run, run for your life. Um, that
1: that brings up a good Jesus point. Jesus to save. That brings up a good point. Um, I think uh, the unreluctant might have uh, brought that up uh, once before or one of the ladies from our ex-Jehovah's Witness show. Um, now, doesn't it say in the Bible, you know, raising your hands in uh, while you're uh, worshiping God as far as uh, maybe with sure, the Sure, lift music. up holy hands, right. Yep, um, because that's one thing that they don't allow in the Jehovah's Witness religion is uh, during uh, the music part of it. Uh, if somebody's filled with the Holy Spirit wants to raise their arms, they they don't allow that. So uh, that's obviously yeah. something no, See, that's, that's
2: where we go back. Go ahead. That's where we go back to Holy Scripture. And if we can find that in the Scripture where Jesus said, don't raise your hands, then we go with that. But if we find in the Scripture where Jesus said, if these don't worship me, I'll cause the very rocks to rise up and worship me. You know, the Bible says in one place, lifting up holy hands. But of course, you know, like the Jehovah Witness sister said, what if someone can't, you know, what if someone doesn't, you know, how about a Vietnam vet? He doesn't have hands. He can't raise those hands. But you know, in the mind of God, oh, his hands might be way in the air. Right. That's the thing. We have, we have our birth life that we were born with and then we have the new birth. Right. new birth is by faith in Christ Jesus where all things are possible. And of course we would worship with all our heart, but we'd never disturb the preaching you know, there has to be somewhat of an order. But, you know, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Okay. Uh, Pastor, we have just uh, a couple more questions for you
0: here. The Unreluctant says, uh, are you one of the oneness Pentecostal belief system? Are you of the oneness Pentecostal no, belief are.
2: No, we are not. But I am, I am Pentecostal by experience. I believe that Pentecost is an experience. It's the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But no, I'm, I'm not one in this. Okay. Okay,
1: next question.
0: Uh, here's another one from Sarah Atkins. She says, if someone out in the world has never heard of God or Jesus, how do you determine who goes to heaven and hell when they die?
2: Well, we like to leave that up to the good Lord.
1: Yeah, amen to that. And I was going to say that. that. Everyone
2: we meet. Yeah, everyone we meet is a potential Christian. I, I wouldn't I would be daring to, to judge someone in or out. I believe that only God can do. And I think that the mercy of God is, is so astounding that you might think someone's lost, but how does God see them? You know, look at Paul the Apostle. He was busy killing Christians a good portion of his life and getting them arrested. But not for one moment did God look at Paul and say, "Oh, I hate that guy." He said, "There's my son, and one day he's going to turn around and he's going to recognize who I am." Okay. You know, so so no, let's let's. I don't think any man-made person can judge.
1: Right. Okay, I got another one for you. Uh, this is Anna Korshane. Do you know an Anna Corshain Because she says. Uh, Dad, sure do. She says, "Dad, I stole the van and I sold it because I want a new piano for the church." No.
2: <laughs> no, no. Well, then you tell her nice. you, you bring back my computer because I'm missing my computer with all my sermons, and you can. <laughs>
0: no, 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 Pastor. Um, uh, the 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 question from Sarah. I, I was gonna I was gonna kind of add a little bit to that. Let's say somebody. On a on an island, you know, you have different uh, little unha- inhabited islands out there that you know, where some people have never ever heard of the gospel, and let's say that they for their for their whole life they don't they don't hear anything about Jesus or redemption or repentance, and they end up dying. Where where would they go? They have faith in themselves. Uh huh. I mean whether they go to hell or heaven? Yes. If they've never, ever heard the gospel. Only God would know that. Okay.
2: Yes, they could never be judged in the same way that others are. You know, the Bible does speak about some people having not heard. They do righteous things somehow naturally. Uh Uh-huh. And I believe it depends what you do on that island. I believe the scripture is... uh, Well, you also have... Let me read it. But when the Gentiles... Go ahead. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves. So it would still be a matter of what did that person on that deserted island do with their life. Right. Okay. You know, like the thief on the cross.
0: Well, that's, that was another thing I wanted to ask you. Um, it seems like... With this type of religion, that you could be a thief, a murderer, your whole life, but let's say you're on your deathbed and you repent, you get to go to heaven. I mean, how is that that justice?
2: If you repent and God receives your repentance, then Jesus Christ takes the penalty of all that murdering and all that wrong. That's what the Apostle Paul did. He actually got Stephen killed. He got others arrested and imprisoned. So Paul is that man you're talking about. But the blood of Jesus Christ actually covered Paul, and there still has to be a... There still has to be a... a you know, some, somebody has to pay the cost of the sin. Right. And that's what Jesus Christ did. And if a man's on his deathbed, and he has the faith to actually believe that Jesus Christ would take his place in judgment, then yes, he would definitely go to heaven. The other, Is it fair? Sure, it's fair. It's God. Well, let, God doesn't want that any would perish. He, let, let's say, Let's say for the sake of
0: saying it, let's just say, because I don't know, let's say it was Hitler on his deathbed after he killed 6 million Jews and 5 billion Russians.
1: Well, that would be God's choice, uh, not ours, you know, if he's going to forgive
2: them or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's just say it this way. God is really good with knowing what's in the mind and heart of a man. Right. (laughs) Um, So there'd be no fooling God.
1: The unreluctant had uh, um, chatted and he brought up a good point. He said, he wants to say to Sarah if someone hasn't been able to hear the gospel, then I'm sure in Christ's abundant mercy that he will simply look at the heart. Amen. That, that's exactly what you're saying, Pastor. Well, we're going to give it five more Amen. minutes. Yes. We're going to give it five more minutes. One last time. Here's the phone number. If, you're try- if you have a question for the pastor, mm-hmm. now is the time. The phone number is 720-835-5330 pin number 05800. 5 more minutes and then we're going to be closing up the show. So 720-835-5330 pin number 05800 please be respectful to pastor
0: Tom. All right, I got another question for you. Do you believe do you believe in a uh, six uh, young earth creation like a 6000 year old earth?
2: Well, we know the Bible talks about six days, and on the seventh day God rested, but we'll notice also in the book of Genesis that the Bible says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So apparently before that, there was already waters there, and there was already an earth there. How old that is, I don't know. But when God began to create or began to bring to life the seeds that were in the ground, we believe that's around 6,000 years ago now. Whatever lived before that, I have no idea, nor does the Bible clearly explain that and that's, that's a thing we could come up with a million questions that aren't clearly explained, but we do know that in the beginning God moved upon the waters, so that means there had to be waters there. See, it separated the land from the waters there had to be some kind of land there. Some, sometimes the verses in the Bible can be a little
0: vague you just it all depends on your interpretation. Sure, and also,
2: Yes. Also, the Bible says one day with the Lord is what? A thousand, a thousand years. years. Yes. Sure. So how can we how can we exactly uh, guess at how long the six days were? But I will say this, that man does a lot of guessing. Sometimes they say these bones are 70 million years old, and another scientist comes around and so says they're 110 million years old, and then they get another scientist that says they're 1.6 million. Well, that sounds like a bunch of guessing to me. Hmm. Okay. Now, Pastor
0: Thomas, we have uh, two more questions for you and then we're gonna we're gonna They're call from, her from the chat line. All right. This is from the unreluctant again. He says okay. he says, Who does the pastor think the one hundred and forty four thousand are?
2: Well, there are twelve thousand each from each tribe of Israel. They are the Jews. They're the Jews.
1: Well, he, said, he continues yeah. to say, I've been doing a lot of studying. I think they are the first fruits of Christ, faithful men and women of old. Would you agree with that? It sounds like it.
2: Sounds like a great thing for me to study. It sounds like he's done a lot of studying, but it doesn't look like it. It looks like that they are the 144,000. And the Bible says 12,000 from Ephraim, 12,000 from Judah, 12,000 from you know, Naphtali, you know which is pretty specific out of each tribe of Israel twelve thousand are chosen now as to far as their placement what they are in heaven we don't know for sure you know we do know that Israel will get two witnesses or two prophets and those prophets will definitely be preaching Jesus Christ at the end you know uh, we, uh, we we know that God's timepiece is Israel God loves Israel but we know the Bible says that when the Gospels read, the mind and eyes of the heart of the Jews are still blinded. Right. You know, so that, that's a great question. I'm not sure of the total answer. You know, that, that, that merits a lot of study. That's the thing, too. I don't believe a Christian should be a know-it-all. We should be a hold on, and I'm going to find out as we go back to the God's written word and, and right. find out. Okay. Uh, last
0: one is from Sarah Atkins. She says, what are your thoughts on what Billy Graham said about Jesus not being the only way to God?
2: Well, let me say this. I believe that Billy Graham was a Christian. I believe that Luther was a Christian. Wesley was a Christian. Jack Cole was a Christian. But if we were to look at what those men said throughout their lives, would we find some mistakes and things that uh, just don't add up? Yes, we would. I believe that the only way to be in a rapture is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the thief on the cross, did he know Jesus Christ? I don't hardly know. You know, he, we have a small statement where he said, he, "He, when you get to your kingdom, you know, remember me. Uh, but we, it's, a, it's, it's another great question.
1: Well, thank you, uh Pastor, uh, um, I think we're going to be wrapping up this session. Uh, I want to first of all, I want to thank all those from the Evening Light Fellowship of Sweetwater, Tennessee, for letting us uh, use your pastor for the last hour and a half. Uh, We really appreciate this, Um, Pastor Tom. Thank you for your time and all those who had uh, asked questions. Sarah, the unreluctant. Anna admitting to stealing the van and,
0: <laughs> wanna, and the the atheist community, thanks you for your time also Pastor Thomas
2: <laughs>
0: you're a goofball
2: well i I really appreciate being offered this chance to speak for the Lord, and I know that you are very busy and I, I really appreciate the opportunity and perhaps we can do it again if time permits and and uh, just keep pressing and keep getting keep getting the questions out there right. And God doesn't mind questions, not from atheists, not from Baptists, not from Catholics or Mormons or Jehovah Witness. God likes questions. God wants to be thought about. God wants to be considered. And God wants a place in people's hearts. And a, a good way to get there is to talk about them and ask questions about them. Right. So I appreciate the venue that you have offered
1: yep. today. Um, and anybody who's listening, if you want to tell uh, people about this show, um, this is live right now, but what we will be doing is we will be uh, um, going into the editing booth uh, a little later on, and this show will be online on, at YouTube.com. You can go to Two Guys and a Mic and look at... Uh, this is uh, part of a series of Religions of the World. Um, what's this phone number you just gave me, Jason? That's his his number. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Tom, if you can uh, one last time uh, tell any uh, listeners or or those who are going to be watching this show later on um, how they can get a hold of you or your church and maybe become a, a blessing to you.
2: Sure, our phone number is 423-744-4594. 423-744-4594. And we're located in a little town called Sweetwater, Tennessee, where we love the Lord God, and and we'll treat you so many ways you're bound to like one or two of them.
1: All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Pastor Tom, for being on our show. Uh, You have a wonderful uh, evening. Uh, Is there anything else you want to say?
0: Yes, we have uh, next week we have uh, a show on the uh, Jehovah's Witness testimonies, and on the eighth of April, and I'm sure Pastor Thomas would love to ask some questions. We have uh, Reverend Dylan L. L. from the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. He's gonna... This "This is real. This is real." <laughs> he's going to be uh, he's going to be on here, and he's going to let us know a little bit about his religion. And then after that, we're going to have Pastor uh, or Elder Elder Bob Korschen on. So, but. Uh, Thank you so much, Pastor uh, Thomas, for, for being with us today. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to l- uh, listen to our questions and hear us out.
1: God bless you and your family. Thank
2: you, and thank you to, thank you and thank you to all the callers, and God be with all of you, and, and keep us in prayer, and we'll keep you in prayer, and perhaps one day we will find out what is the truth completely when we see him face to face. Amen but to Take that. care, everybody. Thank you, Jason. Yep. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. And, uh, keep up the good work, okay? Alrighty. You. Bye-bye. All
0: right.
1: See you later. Bye now.
2: Bye.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting. Yes, very good. Very good. Yeah. So like I said, uh, for everybody that's still on, people that are watching, next week, if you know anybody who's an ex-Jehovah's witness, uh, if they want to give their testimony on this show... Have them, uh, like I said, Sundays at three o'clock, on the dot. You can call the number seven two zero eight three five five three three zero. Enter the pin number zero five eight hundred, and we will get you on the show, and you can give us your testimony on that.
1: And the Unreluctant, we better see you there because we're going to be looking for you. And the Unreluctant also had one last message for uh, Pastor Tom. He says, "God bless you, Pastor." <laughs> Awesome. 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 Of course awesome.
0: he says I can't wait to get up there and look over to Dan and give him a big smile and wink and say I told you so big man. Welcome aboard. And they put <laughs> I meant Jason. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good. One. And Anna, Anna Corshane, thank you for calling in also. We appreciate yes, it. Yes,
1: definitely, definitely. And uh if if you're going to sell that van to me pretty cheap, you let me know what the price is.
0: <laughs> no, anybody out there if if you're part of uh any other type of denomination, uh, uh, email of us. us. Email us at its 2 guys and a mic at gmail.com, and we'll get you on. Because we're trying to get all religions in here, Buddhists, uh, Lutherans, Baptists, Hindus, Hindus, all aspects of religion. We want to get them on here so they can let everybody know what their religion decide is all about. Decide for themselves. And decide for themselves, exactly. So, for Two Guys and a mic, I'm Jason. And I'm Dan. Uh, You take care of yourselves. Have a wonderful day, and we will see you next time. We'll see you next Sunday at At 3 o'clock. Bye-bye.